Are you ready to take your leadership in your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate their leadership approach, evolve their organizations, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. Today, we're going to be talking about accelerating competitive advantage with artificial intelligence. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help leaders identify disruptive trends and envision the opportunities that these disruptions create for them. We help them develop strategies to transform themselves and their organizations into industry leaders or retain their industry leadership position. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also a fellow with the International Leadership Association. With me on the show today is Jen Barth. Dr. Jen Barth is an experienced ethnographer and social researcher with a PhD from the University of Oxford. Her work is informed by empirical research on the intersections of emerging technologies and socio economic change. She provides companies with thought leadership and media engagement opportunities on global issues impacting and shaping our current and future sociocultural lives. Her current research focuses on the human impact of artificial intelligence or AI through fieldwork experiments with IBM Watson and other providers. Leading digital transformations and the AI implementation research for Microsoft, Inventing Loyalty with Adobe and more. She's skilled at research design, qualitative research and analysis, quantitative analysis, new methods using emerging technologies, and working with people to bring to life the stories behind the numbers. So I am delighted that Jen was able to join us today. As we look at the outcome we hope to bring you in this conversation, businesses who are adopting AI are performing better than those who aren't. However, it's clear that business leaders aren't in a confident position to deliver successfully, and many leaders believe that their current business model will suffice for longer than 10 years, despite agreeing that AI adoption leads to success. So Dr. Jen Barth joins the show to discuss the findings of her research on the current state of AI across four specific industries, retail, manufacturing, health, and the financial sector within the UK, and discuss how organizations within these sectors can implement AI in an ethical, cost-effective, and optimal way. And while Jen's research focuses on the UK, her findings are relevant for people around the world. So, Jen, let's start with why is this type of research so important in the world today and to you? Why are you investing your precious energy on this topic specifically? Thanks, Maureen, and thank you for having me on the show today. Why am I interested? Well, I really believe that the thought leadership that comes out of the research that we do can guide an organization, you know, at least for a year or, or more in and create competitive advantage, understanding what's happening uh, in 
the sector with technology, with its people, is so necessary to be able to move forward today. I mean, technology, technological change is always, uh, you know, involve people. And we sometimes forget that. We forget that it's the culture and the people and the organization that's important. And to move forward, you need to be able to lead and be part of a team that moves along. And to do that, you need the information that allows you to do that, uh, to, to, sorry, that allows you to uh, lead in a way that you understand what's happening in your sector. So I think what I love about the work we do is that we can create really strong PR outcomes. So you can get your name in the news, you can get your organization as a leader in thinking about these issues, but also it can help you lead inside your own organization. It also gives you the opportunity to, you know, take to, to run a conference, bring key thinkers and ideas to the table. And you can, you can be the one who knows, you know, where things are at in your industry. And of course, AI is such a difficult topic for so many people because it is changing the way we work and that is tremendously important to your workers to the leaders to the bottom line thank you and and for me this is for the same reasons absolutely critical that we as leaders and in our company helping leaders run more effective businesses it's really important to understand these trends the impact they're making and how each individual leader and organization can leverage the opportunities to be more effective by their definition of effective and i realize that will range across the the myriad of industries and organizations exactly So your result findings or your research findings resulted in a model that categorizes the main elements of an AI-enabled organization. This model also takes into account the fact that as an organization progresses into its AI journey, it naturally comes up against fresh challenges and complexities, both operationally and culturally. Can you give us the three parts of the model? Absolutely. So just to give some background, this was our third year of working with uh, Microsoft UK uh, to produce thought leadership for their Future Decoded uh, conference that happens in autumn each year in London. And the first year we did creating a culture of digital transformation. They had already looked at, you know, how was digital transformation changing the technology, the, the company, the way it could work. But they, the People ask them, wait, what happens to our people? How do we move people along in this transformation? We moved then last year to maximizing the AI opportunity and, and right into, well, where do you find the, the problems that are solvable by AI? What, what exactly does AI do? And we found you know, people working and starting to get involved. This year, we looked at accelerating the competitive advantage. And as Cindy Rose, the CEO of Microsoft UK said, last year, our, our point was, you know, get started. And this year, it's, it's time to get serious about AI. So we take a really rigorous um, academic approach. We're all academics in my team. And we do a series of actions. So a literature review, and we keep that going throughout academic and uh, media and industry reports. We, we do interviews with people like yourself, Maureen, um, and talk, about, uh, talk to experts in the, in the industry around ev- every aspect. We look at case studies, and very heavily with Microsoft, we talk to case studies. Um, how are people using AI? And, and then we uh, do surveys. So we surveyed 1,000 people, uh, 
sorry, leaders of organizations in the UK and 4,000 employees of organizations in the UK. And that's how we come to, through all that process, we come to a model. And this year, uh, we really felt we got this, you know, the AI-enabled organization. So we have three main parts. That's the strategy. So, you know, what is it you need to do to make yourself better than your competitor? What is the strategy that involves AI? And inside of that, you have the planning that, that's involved, the actual technical, what technology do we have? What is the cost of bringing in that technology? You know, you have to decide, are you building it yourself or are you going to take an off-the-shelf option? And, and increasingly, a smaller number of organizations own a larger number of the, you know, off-the-shelf options. And they're very good and they can be, you know, um, made to work for your organization and your needs. And that cuts down your time and your resource uh, commitments as well. Um, what are the skills? Of course, is a longstanding conversation around the skills required to be ready to take on AI to make these changes. We are often already using AI-enabled uh, simple programs like email, but what does it really mean to make these changes? How it affects your job? What do you need to do? And and of course, what is a culture of either continuous learning or as we're sort of talking about now, experiential learning? So what does it mean to learn on the job and to make changes that will allow you to be able to for, allow your workforce to be able to take on AI? Our second area is performance. And it's not just, you know, it, it, what you do is, is as important as how you do it. That's our point with that. And agility, of course, being able to um, move, make decisions quickly, respond quickly. Try things and fail is very important in the world of AI. Of course, that can have costs involved, but it also cannot. It can be small projects that allow you to move quickly uh, and see to test out what might work for you. And what are the problems that you could solve and just sort of testing out you know, you've had problems sitting in your drawer for who knows how long. How can AI solve that? And I'll get onto that a little bit later as well. And of course, what are the ethics that govern our use of AI? It's all part of that performance piece. And the final one, and I think really key this year, is the concept of democratization. So that's diversity and the inclusive workforce. How do you handle bias uh, outcomes experienced by different groups as a result of AI? And the culture, so the social infrastructure that underpins work. So these three pieces, strategy, performance, and democratization, are the, the three large areas that make up an, a, an organization ready for AI. Very helpful. So planning, performance, and democratization. And I heard specifically an area that's been really interesting for me is the ethics of AI, uh, especially as we think about um, how it will shift the demographics of the workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's uh, that's a probably a bigger conversation that we um, may likely just touch on briefly. But let's go to the next question: How can following the model's key tenets help answer questions regarding how leaders and organizations can move forward in an AI-driven industry? Well, one of the interesting things we've used for three years now is this idea of um, moving along an S-curve. So I'm sure many of you have come across the sort of innovation S-curve where you start off and you start working, you experiment with something and you get moving along and, and maybe it drops off and you can't 
do it or maybe you move along. So you've, you've brought in, let's say, the cloud and you've done really well and now you're running. The cloud is running. The tough part is over. And in the midst of that, you need to get started on your AI solutions. That's the next piece or possibly your, your automation, your RPA and then into AI more AI-enabled forms of that or the next step of AI. And I think that that, the, that move is part of that innovation uh, process. I think that what we're finding now is, is this kind of space. So you might be moving along and then you hit a real, we're calling it, and, and it's based on some of the literature we've read, um, the chasms. So you, you find this kind of space where you fall off. And where people are, are starting to, to, to have real difficulty is, is moving forward in the areas you're noting ethics, diversity, inclusion, really uh, we know the stories of an algorithm making assumptions that we don't want it to make and running into these problems along the way of, of doing things we don't want it to do because these are learning systems and they're learning from us. And so who we are and what we're doing in our culture is all now embedded in how far we can take this process. So, um, but I think that people are more willing than ever to to take the the opportunity. So those, you know, the number of companies in the UK with an AI strategy has more than doubled from last year from 11 percent in 2018 in our project to 24 percent today. And another stat I always really like is that those that in the UK who see AI as an opportunity, uh, see themselves as having the opportunity went from 14% last year to 38% this year. So the bringing, the finding ways in which to bring AI into your organization has become sort of crucial to moving yourself forward. Um, but I think that there's a, a, a two things that are really important here. One of them is what are the problems that you want to solve? And, and many people, when I did my interviews for this, our interviews for this project, noted to me, look, AI is not the ultimate solution. I just, I just need to get some AI in here and it's going to you know, move us forward in all these ways and it, it's going to you know, solve all these problems. And people have done that, great, you've experimented, but you often have not made it past the chasm because the problems that come up, they're, they're difficult. They're very difficult challenges like ethics, like bias, like inclusivity, like how to bring your workforce along, like how not to get rid of most of your workforce you know, in this process and how to keep people working in different and new ways. I and mean, they're, they're quite difficult challenges. But those who have done it are actually doing extremely well and their performance is uh, accelerating at a really nice pace from what we can see in the research we did this year. So I think, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Maureen. Oh, so we're about two minutes from break, and so maybe this is a longer question after break, but I would love to hear an example of someone who's yeah. doing it well, because as you say, that there is a chasm of challenges to to be addressed. So I'm curious both how what they're doing and how they made it across the chasm, but, but let's do that after break where we have a bit more time. Um so is there anything you wanted to add at this moment? I think the key thing here is to look at your business problems and to really say what could be addressed or what what can we actually do that we really couldn't do before with AI. And so you see your your potential problem and a solution and you bring those together. 
So what is the business problem? And then you get your tech people in, you get a lot of different voices across your organization having a conversation about how you can see this as solving that problem. And that's where you start to experiment. That's where you start to move forward. I would say that's the key to the be- to beginning this process. So starting with experimentation, piloting, proving a, a small win in essence. Exactly. And also using that to identify the unique organizational challenges. Exactly. Knowing exactly what you need and what you can answer. It's not a silver bullet, as everyone says. It's a real it's a real way to solve something you haven't solved before. Faster. You can be faster. You can be more aggressive. You can be um, uh, much more agile. But doing it in a way that's about your business is is incredibly important. Got it. Great, great points. And for our listeners, I would invite you to think about as we go on to break, what one business challenge do you have that you might benefit from experimenting? So not a full scale implementation, but what is that big challenge not currently solved or currently solvable maybe how do we chip away at it with uh, artificial intelligence solutions you're with maureen metcalf and jen barth we will be right back after break Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. We are Maureen Metcalf. Our guest is Jen Barth, and we're talking about accelerating competitive advantage with artificial intelligence. And before the break, Jen was talking about experimenting and that some companies are quite successful with this, and they've crossed the chasm of challenges. So as we start this segment, let's talk about some of the key challenges facing implementing a new platform. And Jen, if you could give some examples as we go uh, about uh, organizations or sectors that have been successful in navigating those uh, challenges. Sure. Yeah, I think a good starting point. Now, when I talk about healthcare, of course, in the UK, that's very different than the US. But I still think this example is relevant from a work perspective. And that's a, an NHS, a National Health Service Foundation Trust in, in East Suff- Suffolk and North Essex, an area in, in England. One of the things that they brought in were it was an, an automated process. So they brought in uh, people who would become uh, sorry, excuse me, robots that would take over some of the work. And of course, people are very nervous about this idea. Um, but you start small. You start in, say, invoicing. You start in areas that are can be simplified and automated. And what this allowed this organization to do was not to let a lot of people go, but rather to free up their time to do the work they really needed to do. The nurses, the doctors, the the, the care, the people who were providing care were so overworked that they their their level of care was just not uh, where they wanted it to be, and they were working you know, far beyond their hours. There is a, you know, Darren Atkins, who spoke to us about this, he says, you know, so much of the healthcare system functions on goodwill. So people are working far beyond their contracted hours. And what automation in this case and and an AI process brought in for them was actually the ability to just work your contracted hours and work them well. So I think it's a very, but it's not, in healthcare, for example, it's not, necessarily coming in to answer the really difficult things like the the healthcare process has a lot of difficulty so we found in our research with healthcare one of the big issues is just data there is a lot of historical data in healthcare and as, as somebody said to me it's often sitting under a desk i mean it is not maybe even automated it is it is not even accounted for there's issues about who owns it all the trusts run separately how do they share data you have to be open and willing to share your data to share your experiences you need to experiment and share that information and those are very difficult things for organizations to do but that has allowed this particular organization to to you know provide better care and that's what they've always needed to do and again it isn't doing the very diff it, it is doing some of the difficult work but it isn't doing the work of care itself it's doing the work that can be automated and finding in your organization the areas that can be automated i spoke to somebody last year in the project at another place called great ormond street hospital and he was so uh so provocative in saying, you know, trying to make these changes can be like trying to fix the engine of an airplane while it's in mid-flight. You have data. It's coming in. It never stops. You have issues. You have healthcare that you're trying to provide. And the process, the, the, the mechanism never stops. You don't have a moment to say, okay, hold on. 
let's just get this all in order, let's get our data all in order, and let's start this process again in a way that obviously makes sense. A young startup, a young startup can put a system in place. It knows it's going to be tracking and managing a tremendous amount of data. It can start from the place that says, I can use this technology to manage and handle this data in a particular way, and I need to organize it in a particular way. But most organizations are functioning with a backlog of that. And so the first step is often even getting your data, knowing where it is, bringing it all together in order to do, you know, to begin the process. So I think this is a really important example where they they saw what is the problem? Well, people are working far beyond their contract hours and our care is suffering because of that. And so are our people. Okay, so what's the next step? Well, we bring in automation to parts that can be automated. You know, let's start there. And then we will we will go as people get on board. And one of the, the funny things that went on there was the idea that um, they were naming the robots. You know, they were part of the workforce. The organization who provides that through Microsoft, you know, uh, attached also to Microsoft, uh, they call it a digital worker. And that is how people thought about it. So they put names and faces and it, the culture changed. And I think that's so important, as you know, Maureen. You know, I, ha- I uh, have another colleague who d- works extensively in RPA, and they talked about actually the robots paying union dues in some instances, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, and they had training plans and uh, used human terms rather than updating their software. They, they included them in training. Now, my sense is for some of them, that means a software update, not actually <laughs> attending a class. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, and that's, we've, we've had a few questions. I can't remember what the question was on, on this one that asked that similar thing, you know, and, and the, the point is, what does accountability look like, right? And how do we bring, you know, the, the automation side in with the people so that everyone works in an augmented way. And that's been a really strong finding across so many of the projects we do. What does augmentation look like, right? How is it that working with machines is so much more, uh, you can get so much more. And that allows humans to, to take that step and say, well, what's important to me? And what are skills I've never learned that I would, I've always wanted to try? And there's a lot of talk about creativity, but it, it's more than that, isn't it? It's, you know, different ways of thinking about things. How can you be a better carer while, you know, less administration? And so many of, of the people in our study, you know, argued you know, that they would use that time to do more things, not take more holidays, right? People want to work and they want to work well. And this opens up that opportunity and allowing both uh, the machine and the people to take responsibility, you know, Mm -hmm. for what they're doing is a way to get there. I was going to find the stat, if I can, where it says, what would people do um, if they were given more time back? And oh, I just found it here. uh, And it's about, so... A few, a number of people did say take more holidays, but many said do more meaningful work. So getting up to 40%, take on new responsibilities at work. Yeah, I you was going to say everything we read and talk about is people want meaning. So, so it, it seems consistent that folks would want to take on more meaningful parts of the job or do spend more time doing the things that they personally find meaningful and less time doing trivial 
Exactly. And, and, and this is what we found, you know, we hope that, you know, always hope that you'll see that. And then we did actually see that, 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 you know, people actually want to do more. We did a, we did some work with, we did what we called an, a social experiment and we, we worked with eight people working in finance sector. So as part of this project, and then you'll see it peppered throughout the report, little findings from that. And we said, you know, what would it look like to, to augment your work? You know, what would you see happen? And, and they were like, I could do my job so much better actually, if I had that help, if I understood this as a partnership, if they could take on some of the pieces of my job that slow me down and I could perform at a much higher level. Now, these were finance, these were, you know, high performance, fast paced roles. And that's not every role, but in that world, that would people, the the people we spoke to and spent quite a bit of time with, and that was part of the more sort of deeper aspect of our research we really wanted to say what would this look like for you and how would it change what you do and in every case they said this I could do this so much better and I could I could you know take on things and and interrogate the things I'm doing in a way where I could feed back to my to the leadership you know what we thought about what was happening or how we can change it so this kind of interplay between leaders and workers you know became more open and more more of an option. You know, I love the idea of augmenting, so giving me an assistant, basically, rather than my job's going to go away and I'll be replaced by a robot. Exactly. That's exactly it. And, and of course, that does happen. I mean, it does happen. I think um, certain sectors have been hit harder, certain organizations, but a lot of that is changing Mm -hmm. now. You know, it is changing. I'm sure with, with the work you do, and, you know, I'd be interested to hear around leadership, how leaders are hand, handle that piece of it. There's certainly in all technological change, there is that moment. But I think more and more we're finding that leaders are saying, how do I keep people on and what are the different jobs? You know, in some cases we saw as you implemented a new AI solution, you were hiring because you needed people who knew how to do it. You also needed to keep those who you needed to make sure you had all of that historical knowledge because you have to load up the systems. I mean, somebody has Mm -hmm. to tell the system what it needs to do in the first instance before it starts to learn. And so there are these roles. And through those roles, we found people we've worked with learn more about what, you know, what they do and so that they can redefine their job, you know, as they see what's actually, you know, can be taken over, can be changed. What can, what does that open them up? to do. You know, it's interesting at this point, at least in the U.S., and that's where I work predominantly right now, there's such a a war for talent or a struggle to find sufficient, and and that is everywhere from high-skilled technology people to warehouse workers. So it's an across-the-board challenge. So I haven't yet seen the the realization of the fear that robots are going to take our jobs. It, it seems like organizations are really struggling to figure out how to accomplish the tasks that need to get done. Uh, and that raises a question, and I believe your research addresses it, the need to update roles and skill sets to ensure that uh, that organizations have the required skills within their teams to accomplish the new tasks that will be required going forward. 
Well, exactly. And I think this is, is the point about, you know, what does it mean to change your whole culture? So what we're seeing is those who are doing well, uh, those who are advanced, also who are advanced in their implementation, the, the small portion that are advanced in the UK, they have had to consider a business strategy that isn't just about business, right? The business strategy isn't about productivity and outcomes. It's about it has to have a piece of the culture. What does it mean to reskill? And what we find as well, you know, diversity, inclusivity, making those changes are key to this. And almost every everyone we talk to who would call themselves advanced on this, who are, you know, where AI is playing a role across their business, they are saying we've had to face these real challenges around diversity, inclusivity, ethics. They They, they come hand in hand. And I think, you know, something like, Retail has has struggled. So we saw that they had the smallest, they had about a 1% increase in AI use and, and various technology use uh, since last year. And that was the smallest we saw. But when we spoke to anyone in retail, one of the issues is that those who, many people are part-time workers in retail, right? They're in, they're, they're in, uh, customer-facing roles, and it's just their part-time job. They're not committed. How do you change people's skill set? How do you get them to understand the technology? How do you move it forward in retail? Yes, in the back rooms, you know, there's there's been some movement, right, in analytics, in how you organize your stock, etc. But in the front and with people, that's where they're finding a problem, and that's why skills and learning how to train is so important. Equally, one workshop doesn't do it we're looking mm-hmm. at right it's right. It's, ex- it's experiential learning it's continuous learning it's understanding changes and then then reflecting back on your job and saying how do we uh you know how do i change my job in response how do i change my skill set mm-hmm. we run also a series of workshops that are about augmentation and they start with sitting down and saying what roles in your job could be automated right now what roles in your job you know, could not. And then what What are things you've always wanted to do? How do you see those things coming together? So that part of it is is not just what you can do, it's, you know, it's knowing you can and being excited about the opportunity. So I think that training, that skill set that you're asking about is not just offering a workshop or offering some training or offering the opportunity. It's it's building the knowledge base. It's understanding that AI, it's letting workers know this. these are the changes coming and this is how you can be an active agent in that change and in your own life, in, in the work you're doing. So it is really a, a you know, shared process, but leaders also have to be willing and, and, and see that opportunity that you have to bring your workforce into the conversation. You know, I love that idea that workers are included, that that they have the opportunity and some choice and some influence in what can be done and how it can be done more effectively. You know, all the way back to early change management days, the idea of enrolling people and giving them some voice in what happens and what happens to them that we are one is more effective because they happen to know their jobs in most cases better than we as their leaders do and they're more likely to to accept the change if they've had a voice in how it's implemented exactly exactly the point you know and that's what we're seeing across ai and especially because you know do you know what ai is nope 
as it happening in your company? I'm not too sure. You know, what what's the knowledge? How do people know? And we're finding the leaders need to know that as well. Leaders need to do training in what this means in order for them to also allow that conversation to be open so that they can answer or they can say, I don't actually know. How do we all learn this together? Perfect. Thank you. So on that thought, we're going to go to break again. We will be right back with Jen Barth and Maureen Metcalf. We're talking about artificial intelligence and how to successfully implement it uh, across the organization. We will be back momentarily. Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. You're with Jen Barth and Maureen Metcalf, and we're talking about the implementation of artificial intelligence. So, Jen, leaders are often not clear about implementing AI. I think you have some stats about that? Exactly. Thanks, Maureen. Um, yeah, what we found is is what we were talking about there just before the break around skills and training does not just apply to, you know, the, the general employee body, but also to leadership. So we found that 63% of leaders don't understand how AI they use arrives at its conclusions. 43% of leaders know what to do when they feel AI is taking the wrong course of action. And only 29% of leaders think they can meet staffing needs related to the skill changes caused by AI. But I think even more interestingly, many leaders are not clear on how to successfully deploy an AI project. So imagine you're, we asked, imagine you're deploying projects involving AI technologies in your organizations. 
you know, and something happened, what would you do? And would you know what to do? So your team are disengaged with the project. Would you continue, pull the plug? You don't know. So almost half say they'd continue and 35% say they don't know. You receive customer complaints in relation to what's now been implemented as as an AI, let's say a chat bot you're using, 35% don't know what they would do. Internal stakeholders do not see the business benefits of your AI project, so how do you keep the momentum? 33% of leaders don't know what to do. You don't get the intended ROI, 33% don't know what to do. You come up against the first major failure, almost 30% don't know what to do. And I find that really, so a third of the leaders interviewed, uh, surveyed in our project, don't know what to do in relation to specifically AI problems. And I think starting there and creating a situation where even if you don't know, you're willing to learn that you you take a training. Uh, last year, we had the CEO of an insurance group called Confused.com, and she said, I sat there and I took that training, and the difference it made to me being able to lead my organization through this transformation was massive. And it's not that you're going to know the detailed technology. You're just not, and you don't need to. You have people in your organization who know that. You need to understand what is this changing, how is it making change, and what are the things we're trying to do here uh, that that will change the way our business runs. And that's the information that you need then to be able to lead uh, your organization through this transformation. So in some ways, not unlike if I have successfully led other kinds of transformations, I'm going to draw on similar skills about understanding the business value, driving business, driving the business proposition, the value prop, um, aligning culture, providing effective training, communicating effectively, all of those elements of effective transformation in the past will also be required going forward and I'll need to know a little bit more about AI. Is that an accurate statement? I think that's exactly it, yeah. And I think that another piece of this is that one of the places people get stopped when they're moving from experimenting to trying to implement it at at scale is that one team has implemented a really excellent early project a small experimentation and you know they they have lessons learned they've done very well with it it's moved things forward it's made really great changes for example um we have an example of of an organization that i I can't name but where they they changed all their financials and they started off slowly they brought it in ran it alongside the sort of beta version of this so they ran an ai version and they also kept people doing the job as always then as it started to um, show its worth. They moved, you know, they, they quieted the the beta version of this and brought in the AI until it took over and people over that time began to trust it. Now, here you have it in a silo. It happened in one department. How do you move it? Well, the way to move it is to have the vision to move it. You have to open up the potential for different teams to talk to each other. You have to create that kind of agility where, you know, you can share your best practices, your failings, et cetera, with others so that they can trial it, so they can learn from what you've done and move forward. And that takes leadership vision in all the things you just said, plus an understanding of why, what that 
technology did and what it can do in another place, what problems to solve. That key of knowing what problems you need to solve is a, is a leadership quality, right? And where the value is and understanding the value. And, and it's about making sure you can share that and create the opportunities to share that in your organization. So this thing that strikes me then is as we, as the rate of change accelerates, whether it's AI or RPA or analytics or solutions to problems that hadn't existed before, as a leader, we need to create organizations that are more agile, more willing to change rapidly. So increasing flexibility, increasing people's ability to scan the horizon, respond, and continually innovate or update what they do and how they do it. Those characteristics for leaders are becoming foundational to success. Absolutely. And I I think open communication, transparency, knowing the limitations and the potential of your workforce are all part of it. This very human piece, this very cultural piece is now central as, you know, in to, to pushing this forward, which is so interesting because we think tech is taking over the world. It's all tech. It's actually an extremely social cultural process. And I think this research really shows that um, what it means to be engaged as a leader can help to engage the whole organization. I think a really... Uh, sorry, I was just thinking it, it is smartly managing the intersection of rapidly accelerating tech with humans that change at the rate of humans. And how do we navigate and create a culture that allows us as humans to change more quickly because it's safe? Exactly. And I think a really good example is things around the gender pay gap here in the UK has become a really big, you know, really focused on issue. And one of the things that it kind of called for was for people just to make um, public what that gap was. And for me, and then the findings we have, and just in this area, it's, it is about that willingness to communicate, that willingness to be open and transparent in today's world. And I think um, being able to say we've hit a problem, we're struggling with diversity, we're struggling with bias, and this is how we've handled it, is a key, a key point in actually being able to succeed. So that, that's the human piece. It's, it's putting it on the table and being willing to operationalize new solutions. So we've put it on the table. It's, it, AI demands it. That's the, the really key piece. Using artificial intelligence, the neural networks, the way it works, the way it, it, it makes its decisions demands now that we interrogate our ethics as an organization, as leaders, and, and the way we run and what are our value systems. And those organizations that have been able to put that on the table and say, here's, our, here's what we do really well, and here are some of the challenges we're facing with that, have actually been able to succeed so what are a couple other characteristics of organizations that succeed? So I assume our listeners are along a continuum of everywhere from this stuff seems like um, science fiction to I'm really interested and I'm somewhere on the continuum implementing it. 
what would you want listeners to know about what's required to be successful? We've hit on some of them. You talked about the ethics and the transparency. Are there any other absolute must-dos to be successful? Well, I, I really like this piece that we called the AI best practice gap. Uh, and it's in the report on page 18, but basically it's a set of questions that every organization when trying to implement needs to ask itself. And it's a sort of way to think about what they're doing. So it's, we clearly identify expected business benefits before we invest. We require returns from AI investments in, in, in a short period of time. We know how to evaluate the business benefits. My organization builds appropriate minimal viable products for release and then, and then rapidly works on them. Our decisions are informed by our awareness of AI capabilities, which is often a kind of group it's it's external internal it's getting a lot of voices to the table not assuming you know everything making sure that there's business leaders tech leaders everyone at the table and that we know how long we'll go to experiment and when we pull the plug and that we're willing to keep going again and it's a really nice piece around building sort of a a set of things you need to be questioning every time. They are not so different than what you would do with any business challenge, with any, you know, assessing the value of any investment you're going to make. But they're specific to AI. And one of the things, again, is not being only internal. It is actually reaching out and and getting, you know, experts in AI at the table, experts who have implemented AI at the table. And then internally, what are what are the different knowledge places? And that could range in your organization from somebody who's, you know, working in a, in, you know, f- far away from where the leader sits, for example, but has the knowledge you need. And looking for that knowledge and bringing it together, I think, is a key piece. And what we saw was those who were advanced in their implementation versus those experimenting. And I think advanced were about 14% of the total who were doing anything in the UK, uh, they, they are all better at doing these things. They are all doing it well. So that's the best practice gap. You know, those who are experimenting are, are there, but they're, they need to continue. So there's a really nice gap between that, but showing that if you get that on the table, you can advance. I think the, the other piece around this is just some scaling steps that we also included, which is, you know, the main thing, this is a business change program and technology is a part of it. It's not um, an IT project. It's a business change. So it shouldn't sit. And as I've sort of been noting in one area in the you know tech section of the organization, it sits across. Uh, again, the culture That's, piece. That no. seems, sorry, um, that idea that it's, it is a business change seems absolutely foundational. Exactly. Exactly. It is not, you know, putting in a new software and even the cloud. I mean, I I think the cloud is a really good reference point because it looked like a new storage system and it turned out to be a new way of working. It's why people can can, you know, don't have to work locally and and it's why people can share things from all over the world. It's how you can do that. Uh, in an incredibly fast, agile, and and um, productive way, and what we thought was just something around storage is actually a new way of working, which has also brought up the idea that people like to interact. So, how do you respond to something that's become quite cloud-based, but now you want to talk to each other? So, again, it's just you know flowing with 
with how this changes a work culture and is not just a new piece of software. So I think that part, you, then let's talk a little bit about culture because it, it does, again, just making the distinction as a leader, if it's a business change that I don't throw it just to, to the CIO, it really has to reside also with the executive leadership team. Exactly. And I, we, we interviewed um, someone within Microsoft and I just, I, I felt like, a, you know, it was just so right on around um, that a business strategy, when it comes to AI, a business strategy is not just about value and productivity. It is about a strategy around changing culture. And again, the three reports we've done over these years and many other things we've done as well and other organizations who think this way, you know, that it's an, an organiz- organization-wide strategy. It's a, it's a change to how people work and how they communicate and what they need in order to succeed. And And I think AI is a real opportunity to do that. And it sounds big and it sounds like a lot, but actually starting from there, starting from questioning your values and how, you, how you're running this and how you're making change in your organization and how your strategy is not just about what's the most efficient piece of tech, but rather how this tech is changing our entire you know, organization as a whole. Mm-hmm. It so, sounds scary, but is is actually how you move forward. It's it's quite it it actually opens up opportunity. So so I think that's a brilliant point. And at this point, we need to move toward closing. So the report is called it's a Microsoft report accelerating accelerating competitive advantage with AI and then it's subtitled how organizations are moving from experimentation to business impact and as Jen pointed out it is absolutely full of brilliant information for anyone who is looking at making this kind of an implementation it's foundational Jen how we have one minute left how would people reach you or, or further information on the report uh, so you can find the report online and you can download it if you just put in Accelerating Competitive Advantage with AI. It'll come up and you can download it. And to reach me, email is always the best thing. So I'm Jen at smoothmedia.com and I welcome any questions about the project or any other further uh, thought leadership you'd be interested in. Jen, thank you so much. We, I really appreciate both the opportunity to participate in the report and for you to take time during the holidays to be interviewed. I, I believe that this information is foundational for our listeners. Uh, it's absolutely my pleasure, and I really appreciate the opportunity. And, of course, Maureen, it was fantastic to have you as part of our report and part of our leadership discussion, which is so central to to moving forward with technology. Thank you so much. Thank you. And for our listeners, we would love to hear your feedback. Email me at info at innovateleader.com. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Just put a note that you have listened to the show or make a comment on Facebook, Innovating Leadership. Thank you again for joining us and we hope you are able to join us again soon. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then and have a great week.